needed to surrender everything to God, and I just needed chains to be broken in me. And I really just gave it all to Him. I gave all my worries, my hurt, and my pain to Him, and all the battles that I was going through. And I just surrendered it all to Him. And I felt so different. I felt at peace, and I felt at rest. And I just felt so connected with Him then, and I felt the Holy Spirit really just move in me. And I could actually go pray for other people, and I wasn't scared of what other people were thinking of me. As soon as I walked on the bus, it, I felt something different, and a goosebump on my spine, even, even though I goosebumps, even though I was like hot. So then I realized when I came here, it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks. It matters who you want to be, and if you want to have a connection with God, and God, either way, He's gonna be there with you. And whatever you ask for, He's gonna give you. And when you ask for those things, He might not give you them right away, but He's gonna give you them one day. So just. Let's me know that God is actually something good and not something you should be made fun of for. The first speaker that came, she was talking about releasing pain. And um, the minute I released all my pain and forgave everyone that hurt me and apologized to God for the people I've hurt, I felt so light. And that was a huge reminder that everything I face, I'm not doing it alone. God is always right beside me, having my back. So even if I failed or did something wrong, I still have victory because the Lord is still by my side. And that's definitely what I took out of camp. Give her a round of applause, yeah. So, in case you guys didn't know, camp was awesome. God just did some amazing, incredible things uh, while we were there. We went up to Lyman, Maine. It's a little over an hour away. Uh, this place is owned by Berea. Uh, we were up there on a lake, thank God, because it was super hot out there. And uh, some of us tried to sneak out and go for lake dips at Midnox Kid. Uh, but it was, it was really great being up there. But the greatest thing, not just the fun and the games, was that these kids really sought after the Lord. And guess what? He showed up in a big, powerful, awesome way. I think every single kid walked away from that place saying that we got touched, we got rocked by God. He did some amazing breakthroughs, touched a lot of people. Um, so we thank you guys for praying for that. And prayer is such a big deal. So anytime we have an event like this happening, especially with the youth or kids, I'm going to ask you, pray. Because we always want God to move in our next generation of leaders. Um, one thing that happened too last Saturday, and I just want to recognize, um, we had uh, Michaela, the first girl who came up and uh, shared her testimony. She actually got baptized at the lake. We are at the Potterman's house um, on Patuckaway. She got baptized last week. So, yes. We have a certificate for you, Michaela. Uh, so just want to thank you. Uh, yeah, God's awesome. And I just want to bless you with that. All right? Thank you so much. Cool. So guys, guys, give her a round of applause. Sweet. Where's my clicker? Awesome. So 
Ignite Youth Ministries, if you guys didn't know, we meet every Friday at 6.30 downstairs in the basement. Uh, it's an awesome place. These guys are great. But if you know any youth that are interested in coming to a youth group or don't have a home, uh, please come and join us every Friday night. So we're going to talk um, a little bit about camp, what happened. I'm glad you guys got to hear testimonies because testimonies are powerful, aren't they? When you hear how God works and moves in somebody else's life, I don't know about you, but it always gets me jazzed and excited. I know growing up, I got to, our house was kind of different. We had an apartment uh, as part of our house. And we had parents, we had uncle, aunts and uncles in there. But one of the coolest things that I would have, we'd have missionaries come and stay in our apartment sometime. And I, that to me was the greatest thing in the world because they would get to tell me just some wild stories of what God did in their life. And it just made me excited, uh, you know, growing up, wanting God to do those same things in our life. But here's a question for you guys today. Why, did, why do kids encounter God in such an incredible, special way at camp. What makes camp so different than for us any typical Friday or any, you know, day of the week? And if God shows up in such a big way at camp, why can't he show up in such a big way anywhere in our life, right? So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And I was going to tell you, I've been going to camp since I was seven. All right. And when I went to camp for my first time, I was the youngest kid at camp because my mom was volunteering. I forget that year if she was a counselor or a nurse. But I'm going to tell you, at seven years old, I went to camp. You know, I was the shortest kid. I was like everybody's team mascot because I was a little guy. All right. But they made me feel so loved, so welcomed. And it was just one of the best experiences of my life. But because I had so much fun, my guards were down. And when we had these, you know, these, these guys preaching at camp, I mean, they were hilarious. They had a puppet come in. Uh, it was like a rabbit. We talk about like he didn't want to become road pizza because all his friends were like dying. All right. But he was just hilarious. And I remember laughing and laughing and laughing. But when, when time came and the service was over and they did altar calls, and they knew even as a seven-year-old, I was a Christian. But I just wanted more. I just wanted the presence of God. At seven years old, I went up to the altar and I got lost in God's presence at that young age. And I knew the first time I experienced, man, what it's like to feel and experience and abide in God's presence, just to sit there. And I didn't even know. It was so weird. Like, I just got lost, right? As like a little kid, you know, some kids just get lost. Like, you know, and I remember my counselor coming and be like, Kevin, hey, buddy, everyone else is going to sleep, all right? You can come back tomorrow. And I was like, man, I don't even want to leave this place because it was so great and so amazing. And I'm going to tell you, the, my favorite testimonies, my favorite thing that I got to see was kids, and they were just getting touched by God. We had kids, you know, during worship, just, you know, if you're a teenager, right, that's not a big thing. Like, when you're over and, like, on your hands and knees, like, worshiping God, that's huge. But some kids, man, they have never experienced God like that before, Right? And to experience that God, make it real to them, that's huge. All right. Um, so one of the things that I want to point out, you know, for camp, why it's so special, is we're taking a special time, all right, and we're creating space for God to work and move. We're inviting God in. We're seeking God. We're saying, God, I want you to work and move in my lives and the lives of these youth here, right? But my question, too, is this. Like, if we're doing this at camp, can't we do this anytime, anywhere, right? So 
uh, in Hebrews, it, it was awesome. Kat, oh, I just want to give a shout out to, we had some incredible speakers. All right, I'm going to go from the back. So you had Big Nate, or actually Little Nate, we, we nicknamed him. All right, because, sorry, uh, yeah, back there. He spoke one night. We had Kat Ziarville share. Jess Aquino uh, also shared. And we also had um, my friend Josiah Armstrong. And I'm telling you, everybody brought it different, but everybody brought it in such a powerful way. They were all amazing. They were all uh, just incredible anointed speakers and got to invest and our youth. But Kat brought up this, this scripture in Hebrews, which is so powerful. It said, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I feel like this is such a word for today because we know COVID just happened, right? And a lot of people, you know, I'm just telling you, they, and, and some people can't make it to church on Sunday, but it's easy, man, especially if my kids had like a crazy night last night, you know, the night before, and it's easy just to not come to church and just watch everything online and get everything. But I'm going to tell you, what happened at camp, it's going to be different, right? All the kids meeting, they're stirring one up, they're having fun. God created us to do life together. And when we come together and we join and we worship God, God's going to show up, I believe, in a more powerful way when we meet together. And the other thing is, it wasn't just the leaders that had words. These kids had word for each other. These kids prayed over each other and God's going to stir us up and we're going to be able to fulfill to more of an extent of what God has for us. So I just want to encourage you with that verse. Man, I know sometimes it's tough to get up on a Sunday, but when you do, when you show up, when you're here, God is going to bless you for it, whether it's here or any other church. Amen? Cool. Um, Next thing, and I, I love this verse. All right, now, this to me, man, Jesus as a teenager. You ever wondered what Jesus was like as a teenager? All right, I mean, there's not much in scripture about it, but, but this scripture is pretty amazing. So now I want to encourage you guys, just like, you know, God uses the adults, God can use kids, can he? Absolutely. He can use them in big, awesome ways. And I love when kids get to share because when God speaks, there's such a purity, right? They haven't experienced some of the things that we have, but there's such a pureness and a realness about teenagers. And this, I'm just going to read this story about Jesus just because I think it's so funny too. All right. So now, uh, now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. Now, just to paint the picture and put this in context, Jesus had disappeared on his parents for three days. All right. I don't know if you guys have teenagers, but I've taught them for a long time and they can just do some pretty crazy things that makes parents upset. Right. How many of you guys have teenagers have had teenagers and you just had one of those moments? Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. So for three days, Jesus is gone. He's not there. And his parents are like, man, where's my kid? All right. I just lost the son of God. All right. We're in big trouble. God, don't smite me. You know what I mean? They're freaking out. Three days. That's a long time. I mean, I've lost my pet tortoise. You guys are going to laugh, right? For a couple days, for a long time. And I freaked out. All right. Even the other day, you guys didn't know this, but during like service, my, my wife talks to me and this guess was the talk of the hooks. Because I have a tortoise, right? And he's pretty big. He somehow like got off the porch and was like in the like the next neighborhood over. And like all of Hooks It is like texting, hey, your tortoise is like missing, all right? And like, and then people are calling up Aria while we're in service and like, 
I don't know. I don't know how people, like there's a chat or something and it got out there and word. So everybody in Hookston now knows that I have a tortoise. But we were, I was kind of freaking out during service. I didn't like tell you guys. I was like, pray God, just help tortoise. Duncan, come back. All right. But they didn't lose a tortoise. They lost the son of God. All right. That's a big deal when you misplace your kid for three days. I mean, gosh, if one of my kids got, I don't know. All right. Uh, APB alert, all right, whatever that thing is, they put on the side of the highway. Okay, I don't, they didn't have those back then. But they finally found him. And where did they find Jesus? They found him in the temple. And what was he doing there? He was listening. He was talking with the leaders. And he was, like, speaking to them and preaching to them. And they were amazed and they were blown away by his understanding and the answers that he gave. And what, show, what that shows me is that even at 12 years old, at a young age, that God can still move and work in us. And his reply to his parents, right? He says to them, hey, why did you seek me? Like, what, what are you doing? All right. Didn't you know that I need to be about my father's business? He's like, geez, why, why are you being so upset with me right now? You know, this the typical teenager response. Love it, right? Okay. I, don't, I wouldn't have gotten away with that when I was a kid. I would have like gotten spanked or something. All right. Anyways, Jesus could do it because he's the son of God. Okay, now, another thing that happens, you know, at camp and that I love is that these kids experience the power of God. Now, I love it because both in the Old and the New Testament, when I come across a scripture verse and it says, and the spirit of God fell on this person. I'm just telling you, every time the spirit of the Lord falls, what happens in the Bible? Just crazy stuff, right? Like giants drop dead, all right? Uh, an army of 300 scares away an army of tens of thousands, all right? Like Gideon uh, in Pentecost, you know, flames came down on people. People started prophesying and preaching, going out in the, street, in the streets and preaching in like different languages, all right? And today, like the spirit of God still falls. But what's amazing is that we still serve a God who moves in big, awesome ways. And I think, you know, that we don't tap into the power of God like we should, but it's there for us always. So I just want to remind us, and that is one of the most beautiful things. Our kids got to experience the power of God. Because you know what? The world and culture these days, they face so many things, and so many things come against them. And even try to say, oh, no, there is no God. Just do it in your own power. Just do it in your own strength. But as soon as you experience God's power, you're like, man. What have I been missing out on? I could have had this all along. It changes you. It breaks you. And it transforms you. All right? Now, yesterday, I had the experience of going to what's called a solar raising. Now, there was, I was down uh, in Amherst, New Hampshire, and I was part of a, a nonprofit group because I'm looking to maybe put solar panels on my house. And they created this array where they were going to, uh, it was a ground mount where they put, I don't know how many panels. It must have been close to 30 panels, like on the ground. I mean, and these guys were working hard. It was hot, all right? But we were putting in solar panels. And I feel like God was, was speaking to me about this. Like, you need to share about this. Every day we wake up, you know, unless it's cloudy or the middle of winter. I get it. We live in New Hampshire, right? But the sun's there, right? It's there every day for us. But what these guys did, they built a structure where they got to tap in to the power of the sun, right? But God was saying, listen, you guys need to make it so every day you're setting up structure in your life where you're, typing, you're tapping into the power of the son of God. Because when he died on the cross, when he paid that price and his blood was shed, he did it for a reason. He did it to set us free. He did it for liberty. He did it for so many things, but so many of us never do it. 
You know, and I'm thinking, man, just as like, you know, an, an earthly thing, man, there's the power of the sun. I want to tap into it and get free energy for my house. But I don't just want my physical house, you know, the walls and the electricity. I just don't want that. I want that power for my own life. So you know what else I did? I'm just being honest with you. In my house, if you were to go to the second floor, which is going to be done for a little while, but one of the, the, the rooms that I'm most excited about, I have a room specifically designated as my prayer room. If you ever come to my house and I take you for a tour, I show everybody, this is my room. Because you know Daniel, right? He's like one of my lifelong heroes. Every day he went up and he prayed how many times a day? Three times a day. And that guy walked in the wisdom of God. That guy walked in the provision of God. I mean, think about it. He was taken away out of captivity into a land that was totally foreign to him, taken away from his parents, from everything he knew. You know, at times his life was, was uh, threatened more than once, right? Thrown in a lion's den. But not only that, you know, they were going to kill all the advisors to the king before that. But God watched after him. And God rose him up to be one of the most powerful men in two kingdoms, the Babylonian and the Persians. Well, why? Was Daniel, I get he was wise, he was, he was smart, but where did his power, where did his wisdom come? It, come? it came from the simple fact that he was willing to put God first and seek him three times a day. And imagine if we were willing, and I get we're all busy. We live in New England. I've lived in other parts of the country, and we're crazy over here. All right, we try to pack everything, especially in the summer. We got like four weeks of real summer. Just kidding, right? Maybe a little bit more than that. All right, we got a few weeks to like cram everything in. All right, and then bam, all right, we're hit with a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that sometimes, okay? But it does. So you look at summer, man, what's going on? Oh, yeah, we're doing this camping. All right, all right, check that list. Okay, garden, all right. Pull the lawn, right? We're just so much, right? Sporting events, it's just so short here. But we're so driven. The work ethic here is awesome. But we can't neglect seeking after God because that's our true source and that's where power comes from. So we got to tap in. My question to you is, are you tapping in? Right? Now, what happens, you know, at camp and what, what, what the Lord says, and I just want to read... Um, Isaiah 61 here real quick. Because do you know the first time that Jesus came to preach? He preached Isaiah 61. Now it's crazy because he preached it and he stopped mid-sentence. Like he didn't even finish. But the first time he came to preach, and this was him announcing his Messiahship, but he came and he preached this. He said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord and the favor has come, comma. He didn't even finish his sentence. Why? Because we got to get, that's for the second coming, right? All right, he's going to smite people. Anyways, but he came to set us free. He came that we could be healed. He came that we could have liberty, breakthrough, peace, healing, all right? And provision, all these things is why God came to earth. And what I love about camp is that when kids come and they're setting aside time, they're getting away from their phones, they're getting away from their friends, they're getting away from their parents, maybe some of their siblings, all right? But they're focusing on God. They experience all of these things. And what they start to realize is that, oh my gosh, this God that everybody's talking about, my parents are maybe trying to shove down my throat. All right, he's real. And there's a reason why they're trying to do that. But they start experiencing freedom for themselves. They start experiencing breakthrough for themselves. The liberty that comes with the power of God. The awesome thing is the God that we serve is still alive and he's well. 
He still works and moves. And I believe that he wants to come in greater measure than most of the time that we allow him to. Because we don't allow him the space and time to work and move like he could. Um, the last thing that I really want to share too is, is this is always a great reminder. The fact that, that we're the bride of Christ, right? And my wife constantly reminds me of this too. But when you're in a relationship at that level with somebody, there's a price that you need to pay. And that price really comes with time. And I'm telling you, I can become really busy really quick. All right, I love doing things. I'm somebody that's a doer. If you want me to sit down, you know, my wife loves just sitting out in the sun and like, you know, getting tan and doing all that stuff. I'm like, all right, no, like, what do I have to do? All right, but like, we'll go over my father-in-law's house and you know, there's a little kiddie pool and a pool there and he's like moving wood and I just want to go help. I want to sit there. I want to be doing something, right? But when we come and there's something to be said for like waiting in the presence of God, paying that price and listening to God and, and giving him, you know, talking to him about all the things that we're going through, all the things that we need. It is a great exchange that happens. It's also called the secret place that we all need to have, right? It's also called abiding. And God says, you abide in me and I in you. Ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Because when you're, when you're spending time with God, what is he doing? He's molding and shaping you. He's taking all the stuff that you deal with, all the junk that you go through every day, and he's trying to say, hey, you give me that, all right, and I'm going to give you my freedom. You give me that, I'm going to give you my peace. You give me that, and I'm going to give you provision. And he starts just filling you up with his love, his joy, his peace, and his presence. But so many of us, man, we forget to do that on a daily basis. And I'll, I'll even say, I am, that's why I'm building the whole room to remind me. Every time I walk by there, I'm like, oh, geez, all right, that's where I need to go. All right, all right. But I'm so excited about that because I want to plan my life out where I'm setting myself up for success for the future, right? So I'm being a bride, all right? And, and Ari will tell you, man, if I don't spend time with her, all right, I'm in trouble, all right? If she thinks that I'm like, you know, loving something else or anything too much more than her, she gives me that look. I don't know if anybody's got that look, all right? But I, I, I mean, I'm saying I've been there, all right? But and there's this verse, and I was going to have, you know, a table set up, and actually maybe Ari's sitting at it, but I didn't do it. But I just picture, you know, you know, God sitting at a table and just waiting for us all the time. He's just waiting for us. Because, you know, he's standing at the door, and he's knocking. And when can we meet with God? When? Anytime you want. Anytime you want. He's available to you. Anytime. It doesn't matter go what you're going through. It doesn't go no matter if things are good, if things are bad. And on Friday, we talked about how life is a roller coaster sometimes, right? You go to camp, man, you go to camp and everything's good. It's awesome. You're a high. And then you come down, boom, and life hits you and something horrible happens. But God is your rock. He's your refuge. And your life needs to be built on him because the storms will come. But intimacy, 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 being close to God, is that not what this life is truly about? Is that not what we were created for? Think about it. In the Garden of Eden, why did God create us? So we could have a relationship with him. Yes, God gave us tasks to do, but I'm going to tell you, the one thing that, um, that, you know, that I've learned, and especially I learned this when I was uh, a teenager, and, I, and I've told these kids this a few times, but there was times in my life, you know, especially in high school, where, man, you'd have classes, You'd have soccer practice, and then your stinking teachers, and I was one of them, would hit you with all this homework, and you're like, man, how do I do all this? 
how do I prioritize my time? But I'm like, you know what? I also need to have fit time in there to read my Bible and to pray and to spend time with God. And there was times where I went to youth group where I did stuff with our, our Bible study. And I'm going to tell you, this was so weird. But every time I put God first, and sometimes, I'm not telling you, I, wasn't, I always got good grades. I never was, you know, uh, one of those students who, who didn't try their best or work hard. But there's a couple times where I didn't get to finish all that I needed to do for school. But guess what happened during those times? For some reason, if I put God first, the teacher would forget to ask homework or she would give us extra time or God would always provide. Or something that I had to do, something would just get done anyways. It was like God was working for me. And I realized this principle in life. And when, when I went to evangel, we took management class, one of our teachers said this first. He's like, you will become such a better person and get so much more done when you put first things first, when you put God first. And doesn't he want that? Doesn't he want to be put first in our life, you know? And even, even starting church on a Sunday, like I love the fact that you guys were there the, the, um, today, but at 8.30, we pray before service. Why do we come before service? Because we're inviting God to move in a powerful way here. We want God to show up in a crazy way, but we really need to invite him every day to do those things. All right, so basically I'm done. All right, but before, <laughs> before I finish, um, I want to do, do two things. Uh, this is the last Sunday for, for some of our seniors, all right? Now, you guys know uh, going from high school to college is a big jump, all right? So I wanted to call up uh, our seniors to come up, and I wanted a time to pray for them. You know, they got, a lot of these guys got to experience some cool things. You know, this year, I've, I've been here for only a year, but a lot of you guys have been investing in these guys for for decades, right? I wouldn't say they're only 18 years old, but they've been investing them for a long time. So we want to invite you guys to come up. If you're a senior, will you come up here? Because we want to pray for you. And we know that, you know, as they leave here, all right, or stick around, that God still has awesome, incredible plans for them. And we want God to use them uh, wherever they're at, whether they're in Missouri, two of them are going to Missouri, all right, or uh, any other place in, in awesome ways. Um, so I'm going to ask this. If you're a parent of one of these students, if you're the youth, all right, I know this may, place get made crowded, or you just feel like you want to come up and lay hands on these, we're going to take uh, a few minutes and pray um, for the youth here too. All right. Now, I want you guys to keep these guys in prayer because if you guys know anything about college, all right, a lot of people, man, they get caught up in different things and different things in the world. And a lot of students, they'll fall away from the Lord, you know, during like these years. So it's critical that you guys stay plugged in and stay connected. Um, <clears throat> cool. <laughs> yep, Evangel, here she comes. Cool. All right, so let's pray. If you guys will extend your, your arm towards these guys. So, Father, I just thank you for every single one of these youth. I thank you, Lord God, uh, that before that they were born, Lord, that you created them for a purpose. You created them uh, specifically to have an incredible relationship with you, Father. And I pray, God, that as they move on to this next chapter in their lives, God, that they won't lose sight of that. But God, you'll surround them, Lord God, with godly people. You'll surround them with, with family, Lord God. You'll surround them with people who will continue to invest in them. Uh, and, and your spirit will continue to pour out. And I pray, Lord God, that as they think about you know, their future, they think about what they're going to do for jobs, who they're going to marry one day. I pray, Lord God, that you would be at the very center of every decision that they make. 
God, I pray that the fire that you've put inside of them, Lord God, uh, and, and the things that you've done during this first, this beginning phase of their life, that they will not forget or not forget to thank you, Lord God, for what you've done inside of them. But I pray, Lord God, I know that the plans that you have for them are amazing, that they're incredible and they're great. God, and I pray that you would just expand uh, their vision of you, Father God. They would expand, Lord God, everything that you have for them, Lord God, and that you would set them up, Lord God, with wisdom and success, God, that they would know that no matter what happens, whether they're good things or bad things, God, that you're always there with them, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. God, we pray that you would protect these kids. God, we pray that you would use these kids. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless these kids. And I pray, Lord God, that they will be on fire in a shining light, Lord God, to all the people that you've put around them. I pray to the colleges or the places of work that they go. Lord God, I pray that they will lead many to you by the living example and by being your hands and your feet. God, bless them, God, and use them in your holy, precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sweet. All right. And now you guys stay here just for a second. The last thing that we want to do, all right, these guys got to experience the power of God. They got to experience, uh, you know, words of wisdom, freedom, breakthrough, peace, liberty, healing, all these things, all right? And I want an opportunity. If you would like, you know, being prayed over, because one of the things, when you guys say, one of the most powerful things was actually being prayed over at camp, right? It was awesome. Well, we want an opportunity for, I'm going to cry, for these guys to pray over you. Because I want you guys to experience what they experienced at camp. So if you're, I don't, it doesn't matter. If you want to come up here at the altar, if you want to sit in your seat, it doesn't matter. These guys will come to you. But we just want an opportunity. If you want, I mean, and I could paint that board with a million pictures and a million different sayings. But if you want to touch from God in any way, will you allow these guys to pray for you? So if you're here and you want something, what I'm going to ask you to do is just stand to your feet or come to this altar, whatever you feel more comfortable. Actually, everybody will stand and you can just raise your hand. You say, I want prayer. All right. And these guys will come and they're going to pray for you. Okay. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, is just tell them, hey, this is what I would like prayer for. Is that okay? All right. And I don't know how many people are going to raise their hand. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll try to get to everybody. All right. Or if there's only a few people that raise their hand, you, know, you might have 10 kids around you. Okay. I don't know. All right. But what I want is these kids to minister and to pray for you. So if that's you right now, if you're someone in this congregation that says, you know what? I want to touch from God. I want, I want to be prayed over. I want to give something to God. Or I want somebody to agree with me for something. Raise your hand right now. All right. All right. So you guys see these hands that are raised? All right, we're going to pray. You guys are going to go out and pray. Uh, the worship band, they're going to sing a song, right? So if you're not, if your hand isn't raised, you know, worship God or pray for the person next to you. You guys release right now. Go find people to pray for. Amen. Make sure everybody that raises their hand gets prayed. Keep your hands up, all right? Make sure there's a lot of them, you know, and I think they could get to every single person here. Awesome, awesome. So I'm just going to let the band take it away. And don't forget, tell these guys what, what you want prayer for. Amen. Yeah.
clean and I, some of us girls would just start singing it and we'd start yelling it. And so I just want to encourage you guys to not hold back in your praises to God this morning, to not hold back, but just to really invite the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives within each and every one of us. But are we going to acknowledge that and walk in that this morning? So I just encourage you guys just to really sing, sing out.
still want to, would you just raise your hand right now just so that our youth can get to you? church we will run after you whether that it won't just be the youth or just won't, it won't just be the rest of the congregation but it'll be all of us together running for you father as one so i just thank you so much for what you're doing i pray lord that you won't stop god that it won't stop here but that it will continue god continue into small groups continue into youth group nights continue on to the next sunday continue into um into wherever we work, Father God, continuing to with us into college, into our schools, Father, that it would just continue your Holy Spirit on the move, Father. I thank you so much, Father. So we just pray all these things in your precious Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys are dismissed for the service. If you want to keep... Um in a time of prayer, you can do that. Otherwise, you're welcome to head downstairs, grab something to eat, and um, enjoy a water slide or something like that.